Welcome to Stay Grounded with your host, me, Raj Jana. I'm the founder of Java Press Coffee Company, and my life changed after my mentor died with three months left until retirement. That experience inspired me to start a personal journey to discover how we can all live a purpose-driven and meaningful life starting today. I interview everyone from best-selling authors and business moguls to extreme athletes and monks to discuss happiness, success, and fulfillment to uncover powerful takeaways that empower you to stay grounded and make passionate living a reality. To access post-podcast discussions, insights, and further resources, visit rajjana.com forward slash stay grounded. So thanks for joining me today. Now, let's get to grinding. Yo, yo, what is up, my lovely friends? And welcome to this very special reflection episode of Stay Grounded. Planned on this being a monthly reflection episode for August, but I am currently returning from one of the most transformative life experiences I've ever had at a immersive art experience called Burning Man, which I go deep into explaining on the episode. And it sort of rocked my world in the most beautiful way and delivered one of the most transformative experiences I've had to date. And so although I wanted to go deep into the month of August, it actually felt very fitting to dedicate this episode to the lessons and perspectives and principles that I'm still integrating and will continue to integrate in my life and share them with you. And so this episode is dedicated to that experience. It's dedicated to the pursuit of liberation and truly feeling what it means to be liberated and connecting to those states. And for me, at least this journey has been about awareness. You know, every single time I hit Uh, a new level. It's just a new level of awareness and I get to see the world through a whole new lens. And it's really encouraging that even four years into my personal development and growth journey, I'm still accessing states and perspectives and ways of existing in the world that I could have never even dreamed were possible four years ago. And so that just gets me really excited. And I hope that excites you if you're just starting out on your journey or if you're on the path to liberating yourself from fears and doubts and judgments and on the path of deconditioning from rules and outdated softwares that are sort of running unconsciously in the background of our day-to-day existence. If you're on this path, I hope this episode inspires you. I hope it uh, gives you a taste of what I experienced at Burning Man and I hope it gives you it's kind of it's really hard for me to explain all the things that happened to Burning Man because it's one of those things you just have to be there to experience. But I hope this episode inspires the pursuit of those feelings, the feelings of feeling free from yourself, from doubt, from judgment, from worry, the the feeling of of what is actually possible when you live in your heart and why that pursuit and the pursuit of living in your heart is such a noble and worthy journey. So enjoy this episode. If you haven't already subscribed to the podcast on iTunes or Spotify or any of the podcast apps, all that means is that every single time I release a new episode, it drops straight into your inbox. Leave the show a review if anything I've said on the podcast has been helpful. It goes a really long way in me. One, just feeling good because I love reading the reviews. It helps other people understand what the show is about. 
and helps them find themselves in your story. And that's it. Enjoy this conversation. And without further ado, here is my greatest takeaways from the month of August and Burning Man 2022. Enjoy. Yo, yo, yo. What's up, everyone? And welcome to this week's very special episode of Stay Grounded. Georgina, welcome back. Hello, great to be back. Very excited for our conversation today. It's be a good one. Yeah, here I am thinking I'm going to be doing a monthly reflection for August. And turns out that I got almost all of my lessons in the last few days of August to Burning Man. This reflection is going to be, yes, a few chunks from August, but mostly the raw integration and lessons that I'm still processing from one of the most transformative life experiences I've had to date. So maybe we'll just start with explaining what Burning Man is. Because I, I know before we even hit the record button, I had to spend a good chunk of time sharing with you what Burning Man was. And yeah, so I, that. Sounds good. I, I, I imagine that anyone listening probably also has that question. So Burning Man is one of the world's largest immersive art experiences. It happens out in the middle of the desert, in the Black Rock Desert in Nevada. 70,000 people show up. Wow. 10 days. Before they show up, nothing exists. And then 70,000 people show up and there are streets, there are camps, there are immersive art experiences, there are art cars, installations, concert stages, beautiful domes, and just about every type of experience you could possibly imagine. Everything from bars to restaurants to dance studios to concert halls to galleries to temples. Wow. <laughs> I mean, literally like everything you could possibly imagine exists. People show up from all over the world. You can't buy anything there. Everything is is given in the spirit of gifting. It's one of the 10 values or principles that govern Burning Man. And the 10 values really are, you know, gifting, which is you can't buy anything and you can't it's a, everything is just, it's a gifting economy. So you go there, people are just giving you things left and right. Radical inclusion, which means that you're never not allowed to be inside of a space. So you can just walk into any space. There's no commodification. So there's no brands. There's no like sponsorships. It's just pure art and love. And there's nothing that has any brands anywhere. Radical self-reliance. You're in the middle of the desert with no accommodations. It's not like you're at a five-star hotel. So you're responsible for your shelter, your food, your water, your protection from the 70 mile per hour dust winds that are happening in the middle of the desert, your transportation, which comes in the form of bikes. What happens if your transportation breaks down? What happens if your power loses? These are all things that you are supposed to be reliant with. And so much more, but at the core of it, it's an experience that, so those are all the things, but it really is bringing people together into an environment where there's no judgment, 
people are just creating what's in their hearts, sharing their greatest gifts with others. Everything as small as passing out little candies to people cooking full meals to people singing songs to people teaching their gifts. It truly is like a a space for creators. And even if you're not a creator, for you to show up and just be fully expressed. It's hard to understand it if you haven't been there. And I'm doing my absolute best. And the whole reason I'm even bringing this conversation around Burning Man is because of how transformative it was for me. So what I want to really anchor into is the feeling that I experienced at Burning Man was a feeling of no judgment. For the first time in my life, I actually felt my own inner critic completely go away. Wow. My own inner critic, my own ego take full, just step aside for a second and allow myself to just experience the range of possibilities that can happen only when you are not actually trying to make anything happen. When you're not trying to please other people, when you're not afraid of showing yourself fully and authentically expressing yourself and not being afraid. Like it was the first time I actually felt just pure liberation, the frequency of liberation. And I have been on a journey to an, like to really feeling this feeling for a long time now. You know, it started when I tried being and becoming an entrepreneur. I, I didn't want to be in a nine to five construct and me mm-hmm. choosing to become an entrepreneur was a step in the direction of liberation of being my own boss. And then I went down that path. And I had my first plant medicine experience, which then cracked me open to a new level of like, oh my God, like there's even more that's possible when I can come into alignment with my heart instead of my mind. And I can begin to create a world where I'm more intimate with life. And that created a path. But showing up at Burning Man, even the journey to get to Burning Man, like the preparation, like I, we had to rent an RV. I had to prep for all these different scenarios. We were just the amount of sheer work to get there. And the, the level of acceptance that I felt, like I just felt so at home there because nothing, like I think it was the first time I just felt like every single person there was on the same page from a value standpoint, not from a, like there was no me versus that person. There was radical inclusion. There was no need to police the rules because we all believed in the values that were there. And it was the first glimpse that I had ever experienced of like a world where like if our minds actually got out of the way, if our egos got out of the way, if we truly just lived in connection and service and shared ourselves brilliantly without the fear of judgment, what would be possible? So it sounds like this environment that you stepped into, it enabled you to experience this place of non-judgment. That experience has opened up a new awareness of, of who you are and what's possible. So can you try and explain what was it about the experience, Burning Man, the place, 
that enabled you to have that feeling of no one's judging me? And why was that such a significant shift in your experience that enabled you to claim something back of yourself? So Burning Man is a, there's 70,000 people there. That blows my mind, but carry on. (laughs) The third largest city, the third largest city in Nevada, in the state of Nevada, behind Las Vegas and Reno for 10 days. You show up, a city gets built for 10 days, and then it literally is gone. It's the desert again after 10 days. Like right now, there's absolutely no Black Rock City. It's everything's cleared out. And there's something very liberating about being in an environment that doesn't, that is not going to exist in 10 days. Right. Okay. It's going to be burned away. So you can show up fully just for 10 days if you wanted to, and then go back to your life. The the fear that your mind has of the Uh unknown of playing in that infinite possibility of playing in that. What if your mind can actually step aside and just play knowing that you can always go back to normal. Right. But here's the thing. Once you experience that level of freedom and expansion and infinite possibility, truly infinite possibility where anything goes, there's an abundance of every single vice. There's an abundance of every single type of food, every type of experience, you name it, it's there. There's somebody who's creating an experience. Like there were tap dancing lessons. There were polarity and intimacy classes from some of the world's smartest and most gifted Tantra teachers. There were talks on consciousness. There were every type of imaginable substance and alcohol and food out there. There were miles of uninhibited desert where people were just riding around bikes and looking at art installations and dancing and playing and creating music, infinite possibilities. And in that space, you can have it all. There's no judgment. There's no right or wrong, right? Like, cause your wrong might be someone else's right. What you might think is awful might be somebody's greatest pleasure. And So all of it exists. So who are you to decide what's right and wrong, what's good and bad when everything is possible, right? So in that container, there's no judgment. In that container is, what is the voice you follow? What is it that you're choosing to experience? And why are you choosing to experience that? And when you connect to that, it's not coming from your head because there's no fear of choosing the wrong thing. Well, okay, I take that back. First few days, I had a lot of trouble actually integrating into the experience of burning that because like I was there for six days. And when I landed, I had this idea of what it was supposed to be. I had this idea of what I was supposed to experience. I was like, this has to be a growth experience. I have to experience some, like I was like trying to create it in my mind. And they gave us these little booklets with all of these experiences that were happening and what times they were happening and what camps they were happening at. And how do you get there? And, And I planned out this whole itinerary of all these things I wanted to do all these days And when I tried going to all of them, nothing worked out. Either the booklet was wrong or the person wasn't there or it was a full experience or I got lost. It was just like I was in my head trying to create the experience. And then at one point, I literally sat down. Gina and I actually sat down and we set intentions like, okay, from this point onwards, we're going to just connect with what's present. We're going to surrender. And we're just going to go in the directions that our heart wants to go. Mm -hmm. That sounds awesome. And we just started biking around 
and we would just run into random people's camps, say hi, discover what they were about. And they had gifts that they were offering. And one of the first experiences we had was there was this camp that was creating these like steam baths where like you literally strip completely naked and you go into like a sauna that they built by hand. By the way, you're in the deserts. They built a sauna where you're walking in there and you get hosed down because like you're in the desert and the dust and there's a lot of dirt that accumulates on you. And so their gift was like a steam experience where you're like steaming yourself down and sweating out all of that dirt. And we had conversations there that just sets the tone for then us to go to the next experience, which was an intimacy workshop with one of my favorite teachers, John Wineland. And I don't know if you guys remember listening to my last, you know, monthly reflection, but it was all about self-love and, and Gina and I navigating codependency and like, and going into that workshop with John was actually the conversation that we needed to hear in order for both of us to like snap back into like true alignment with our own divine masculine and, and divine feminine. And like the magic that then ensued after that and the possibilities that ensued the entire experience were just nothing that my mind could conceive as like, like if my mind tried to create that experience, it couldn't. My mind kept trying to create. And when I say mind now, I'm really calling my ego. Because the mind is creating from a template that it knows is like, oh, Raj, you know you like this stuff. So why don't you just go do more of this? Mm, true. But mm-hmm. surrendering that, which includes surrendering the judgment. And just listening to my soul and the frequency of what I want to create and trusting that, oh my God, like something feels really interesting about this. I'm just going to walk in there and being blown away and allowing that to be the experience cracked me open to a whole new way of being that I didn't actually feel safe experiencing. Like I didn't feel like my mind didn't know the possibilities of that type of experience. So it wouldn't allow it. And then when I got a taste of the magic, I couldn't stop. I love this heart-focused um, experience where you're allowing your heart to and intuition to drive the experience. I'm curious to explore how that ties in with the gifting economy, because I think a lot of the times, maybe sometimes our choices are limited because maybe we don't have the financial resources. And it sounds like in the Burning Man experience, that isn't a, that isn't a factor. That's not a consideration because you can go anywhere. You can be included anywhere. So can you explore a little bit about how that leads you to this path of liberation where just you can dip into anything because it's all there anytime you want to? Oh, and just to be clear, and I really mean like Burning Man is not an, ex- like the tickets, I think like between 300 to $500 for the experience, like what I experienced in the gifting had nothing to do with the money. In fact, mm-hmm. like the gifting was, this is something that I really checked in on and tapped into. Like you're in a, in an environment with 70,000 creators. And I mean this, whether you're a creator or not, you're a creator, whether you identify with that I- identity of a creator or not, like you being there and having a conversation with somebody and saying, thank you is you gifting them. You being fully grateful and appreciative, you being able to give hugs, like some of the the gifts I got were like, I was walking around and people saw me sweating 
and they would take out a little spray gun and just spray me with like a little spray of water. What a gift. Wow. Like, yeah. And, but the beauty of it is like being able to see the gift in every single thing you received. That mm-hmm. is the gift. Mm-hmm. When every single thing you're receiving is a gift and you can see the wonder and awe. Not everybody, I think, operates from that philosophy. And that did lead to a lot of people not having the best experience. But that's why this, I think, was such a teacher for me. It was a transformational experience because it gave me ahas and insights into like, okay, like if I choose to see this experience through this lens, what is possible? And if I choose to see every single thing that I'm receiving from another person as a gift from their heart, what is possible? Like one of the days our bikes broke down or Gina's bike broke and there was a camp that just offered like fixing bikes <laughs> and we rolled our bike over there and these guys took down our whole bike and then I and then I was looking at my bike and I apparently I had some problems too and these guys just so happily took down our bikes fixed them and gave them back to us replaced the bearings I gifted one of the guys a bag of coffee and a grinder just because I, I had a bunch, I brought some just in case, like that's what I wanted to gift. And I ended up gifting a few of them, but I mean, it was just so seamless and natural. Gina brought around a Polaroid where she would like take pictures with people and give them the picture. And there were so many experiences, like one of my favorite experiences at Burning Man. So on the second to last day of Burning Man, they have this giant art installation of a man that gets burned. And the man is supposed to represent like corporate greed and like power dynamics and all of these aspects of the world that are not actually serving humans. Mm-hmm. And they burn that down. But How did that was, feel? Like, what was the atmosphere when that was happening? Was it, was it like, was there a ritual? Was, oh my you know? God, it was freaking incredible. Like, so there's like the burning man and then there's fire dancers all around it hundreds of fire dancers doing fire dancing shows and like moving their bodies through expressive fire art. And then around that there's like art cars. So these art cars are these like cars that roll around in the desert that people build. And like, I'm talking like beautiful lighted installations of like, like some of the most incredible moving art installations. And all of these art cars make a giant circle around the burn, around the man. And you just walk around and you just see all these people partying on these art installations that can carry people. Oh, awesome. And it was just the most breathtaking experience. And then the the man starts to burn and you start seeing all these dust devils like kind of happen around it. And like, it's just this very, it's a liberating feeling. Like it's this feeling of liberation of burning away the constructs of the mind. The mind is a limited, it is limited because the mind can be conditioned. In fact, from birth, our mind is conditioned around sexuality, around money, around purpose, around intimacy, around race, around spirituality. Like we are conditioned from parents, from society, from our biological and tribal need to fit in. Because 60,000 years ago, if we didn't fit in, we were actually banished from tribes and then we would die. 
Mm-hmm. And so like, it's we're hardwired to belong. And if the world that's created is hardwired through a certain set of conditioning yep. and we're hardwired to belong, we're naturally falling into those constructs. For me, when I saw the man burn, it was this feeling of true liberation. Like, oh my God. And I looked around and I just saw chaos. People walking in every direction, art installations, food being passed out, hugs being given, like freedom. And I was like, wow, that is real. It sounds like connection as well. I'm just getting, well, I've never been to Burning Man. That's it. That's it. That's it though. When there's freedom, when the mind and the when fear is not present, all there is is love and connection. And and the reason I brought this up is the second night, the last night of Burning Man, what they actually do is something called the temple burn. So there's a temple that's present inside of the playa, which is what they call the desert, the area. And this temple represents loss. So like death. And, you know, when you go to the temple, it's actually a really heavy experience where there's people leave tributes of all the people that they've lost. Moms, dads, brothers, sisters, spouses, lovers, children. You name the type of loss that's been experienced in the last few years. Like it's there. And, um, you know, even there, the gifts being received and given were just hugs. Just hugs. The reminder that you're held and you're okay. The permission to cry in somebody else's arms. These are all gifts. Gifts don't have to be this tangible thing you leave somebody with in their hands. It's it's the feeling. It's an attitude of giving what you have to another person. It's not giving what you what you want. It's really connecting to the person and really feeling what they need and and providing that. And it was just such a connecting experience to be able to hold space for people who had lost so much. People who hadn't, who haven't given themselves the permission to cry or be angry. And that's liberation. I think, you know, the path is, is a, it's a gnarly one. It's a gnarly path, this path to like really feeling free in this, in life. And I think, for me, at least, being in that environment of of love, of gratitude, of trust in the moment, of really, truly believing that I am exactly where I need to be, even though my mind is like, you're supposed to be at that workshop. This is supposed to be that way. God, you love that experience that you had yesterday. Try recreating it again. All of these games that my mind was playing when I could just, the more I got out of my way and I just got in touch with what was actually here and created awe and gratitude and love and connection and magic with what was actually here, the entire experience changed. And that's not something I have to stop doing. Like, it's not something that's a Burning Man exclusive. Like, mm-hmm. this is what I've realized about my journey, at least. Like, I experience so many things like these that open up my realm of awareness. I become aware of these things, but the true work is in the integration. It's bringing it home and being able to embody these principles. Can I actually see the magic when I'm dropping off mail at the post office? Can I bring in these principles of radical inclusion 
and gifting and radical self-expression without a container. Can I tap into the frequency of liberation? Because that is my God-given birthright. And it is a feeling that is present in my body, not something that's present because of burning man. That's the work. That's my work. I, I wrote this down and I want to share it. Infinite possibility lives in the unknown. Can I trust the frequency of truth and presence over the ego hits that my mind is craving? Can I open myself up to experience even deeper orgasms that can only be present when I surrender the needs that my ego is grasping onto? If I actually got out of my own way and connected to what the universe wanted to happen in every moment, what could actually be possible? Mm. that's such a beautiful question I think you know, it deserves that space just for people to feel the possibility wraps up in that and I love how if, you know, I'm experiencing Burning Man for you right now and I'm really getting the sense of how when we step into environments and containers where like all the normals are stripped away we get this chance to really begin to feel into who we really are, who we innately are, and then how do we live from that perspective? So can you talk some more about this what-if space? How are you going to be moving forward through that lens and that perspective? How does that, in practical terms, energetic terms, what does that mean for you and your life and your work? Well, my work is... Oh, there's the personal work and then there's the professional work, right? Like, I think, you know, it's beautiful to experience these peak experiences. It's beautiful to have peak experience. It's beautiful to wake up and be immersed in love and connection. But the real work, the real service to the world is being able to embody these principles and carry them with you into a world that isn't operating at the same frequency yeah that's yes and being the change that you wish to see in the world is how you actually change the world and if there's ever doubt that one man or one person can make a difference look at the person who started burning man for example (laughs) or one person who who decided to follow their heart and not listen to the voice of judgment and try something new Like we all have that capacity and that power. And for me, you know, up until this point, I think with my creations, I've been very guarded. Like I've wanted things to look perfect before I release them. You know, I've been talking a lot about this secret project that I've been working on for the last year in the mental health space. And I've been trying so hard to make it perfect. And I think this experience really helped me realize how much of a disservice I'm doing by not just allowing the creation to be seen. And 
I think a big part of my integration is actually sharing. I mean, I'm already very open about sharing my processes, right? Like sharing my, I'm very vulnerable with my own journey, like what's present inside of my explorations of inner space, right? Like my inner space, like I'm constantly exploring and navigating and bringing these perspectives back home. But in my creatives, in my creation, I think a big part of my integration is actually allowing my work to be seen publicly for me to really share my heart in in the world and my perspectives in a big, bold way and not be afraid of judgment, not be afraid of not live into the story of my mind, but actually serve my my soul and my calling. And I think that embodied sense is, it truly is like, to me, it is being seen. It's being seen fully. And it's sharing everything I'm doing in the world fully. And that's what I'm stepping into over the next, you know, probably month or actually the next several months. I'm going to be releasing a lot of new content, trainings, you know, perspectives. And I think I needed Burning Man personally to get to a space where I could actually, actually live into the what if. Because I do believe that my inner critic is incredibly strong. <laughs> I've, I've had a perfectionist inner critic for a very long time, which has served me. Sure. But I don't believe that. I don't believe that uh, he or she is serving me much more. It's a he, actually. My inner critic's a he. I, I don't believe that my inner critic is really, truly, actually, or at least, I, I have a very different perspective on my inner critic now after my experience of Burning Man, and how false some of my judgments were. Like I would judge my, my art. I would judge the impact that just a simple gift of helping someone feel seen. Like my gift for a majority of Burning Man was being present with somebody and literally just reflecting their beauty back to them through my brilliant words. Like I, I have a, a way with words. I always have. I have a very poetic sense of being able to deliver love. And that was my gift. I would be with people. They would share what they're working on, what they're going through, their struggles. And I would just listen intently and then reflect back the beauty in a way that they have never heard. That was my gift. And I think I judged that gift for a while. I judged the magnitude of that gift. I judged the power of it. I judged, God, this can't be enough. I have to do more. I have to build more. I have to have more. And for me to actually experience how wrong my inner critic was, how wrong my mind was about the infinite power that just my soul's greatest expression has was so eye-opening for me that like I'm just not willing to allow my ego to drive the car anymore. I want to jump into the spaceship of infinite possibility that exists in my soul and Allow that to drive that to be the North Star. 
And I needed this experience to actually give myself the permission to stop judging myself. And I think my integration is tapping into the frequency of that freedom. Meditating every morning, like this morning, I meditated for almost an hour on that feeling and that frequency of infinite possibility. And I think a lot of people will relate to what you were just expressing there around what your soul's gift is and how sometimes feels too simple or there must be more to it than this. And this experience you've had of seeing the magic and the magnitude of being able to hold space for someone in the way that you can and be able to reflect back who they are in the way that you can. Just invite other people listening to, you know, if that story stirs something in you in the sense of, you know, you have a gift like that too, that you've been not allowing yourself to own and really step into. This is the invitation to embrace that. And I think that's like, I just keep going back to like, The mind is limited because of our conditioning and the journey to liberation is a path of deconditioning. Yeah. And that's all it is. And deconditioning happens with more awareness, Mm -hmm. with more embodiment. Deconditioning happens with making choices and standing powerfully in them. Takes radical ownership and responsibility for our state. And the remembrance that we are so much more than our minds really, that our conscious minds know, like, it's even blowing me away how powerful, like, some of the relationship experiences Gina and I had were, like, just that simple coming back to our truth, coming back to our essence, coming back to the natural energy that exists within us, which is love. And being connected to that and then the attraction that's felt between us as a result. Mm-hmm. Like the mind can't actually comprehend that. Intimacy is not a mind thing. It is a felt experience. Like, and I think that's, that's the biggest piece. Like that thing we're all craving is in our hearts. It's in our bodies. It's not in our minds. The dopamine hit that we get from being right. The dopamine hits that we get from, from getting, uh, from getting our ego stroked. Those are dopamine hits that are keeping us trapped. Mm. And those ego strokes can be in a pleasure fueled way or in a fear fueled way. Because when we indulge in our fears and comfort, we're actually the, the ego is still in the driver's seat. The ego is in the driver's seat. When we are attached to a way of being or a way of doing. And uh, surrender, when we can surrender that and truly get back into alignment. And seek experiences to help us do that. I don't believe that it's possible for you to do that in a world that's literally keeping you trapped. You have to seek experiences. This is why travel is so important. This is why... If you choose to indulge in indigenous plants and plant medicines like total fast tracks with proper integration and space held, burning man, artistic experiences like these, like these types of immersive experiences are so valuable because you can anchor into those feelings 
which is also like expanding your awareness. Like when you feel these feelings of liberation, you're like, oh my God, that's possible. And then when you go out into the world, you can begin looking for it. Yeah. Yeah. That, I think that's such an important point because you're right. Like our, the structure that we live in, there are not that many examples of the things that you've been talking about. Like it's a lot of consumerism and um, materialism. And sometimes we can't get those experiences of true intimacy. Like the, look at the media and advertising and entertainment, what intimacy looks like in those fields. It sounds like it's very different to what you've been experiencing um, in like the Burning Man setting and in the spheres that you work in. So I, I'm curious to know, because I think we've all had those moments of stepping into a new space, feeling completely different. And then life just pulls you back into the everyday living the things that you were doing before because that's obviously the path of least resistance those habits and rituals are so burned in you it can be really hard to step out so can you explain and share some of the ways that you're going to be integrating what you've experienced so that there's like a permanent shift that happens for you yes daily rituals so i've committed to starting my morning with at least a 30 45 minute meditation where i'm connecting to the feeling why is it important to connect with the feeling? Like you've mentioned the, this frequency of liberation and how that is the gateway, the access point. Like why does the feeling matter in this? Because the feeling is yours. And we forget, we keep thinking that the like something happens in the world and then you get angry. No, that is a reactionary way of living. When you actually take full ownership of your ability to create feeling states, you are infinitely powerful. Like you do not have to wait for the money to hit the bank account to feel rich. You can feel rich in every moment. You do not have to wait for a peak experience to have awe and wonder. You can create feelings of awe and wonder because you choose to do so. Mm-hmm. That is power. And for me, when I anchor into feelings that I want to bring more of into my life, I am creating the magnetic field that allows me to actually experience more of it everywhere I go. It's like the reticular activating system, right? Like if you buy a red car, you go around, you're going to start seeing red cars everywhere. When you become intimate with the feeling in your body, you begin to experience it everywhere you go. And so I know how I want to show up in my life. I want to show up as free. I, I, I want to feel and remember those feelings of having no judgment. I want to remember how liberating it felt to not have those feelings of judgment and how fast I was moving, the speed of the soul. Like speed. I want to, I want to feel that speed. So mm-hmm. that's why I anchor into the feelings because I think if I, if as I anchor into the feelings, I'm actually anchoring into the infinite potential. And in that feeling state, I get insights, ahas, downloads, mm. which if I act in, that's me creating now. I'm, I'm, because I believe that intuition is the voice of the universe. Mm. It's very different from your mind. Yeah. You have to quiet yeah. down enough in order to actually feel it. And you have to stay connected in order to actually feel it. So a lot of my integration is clearing out and creating the space for that connection. Meditation is one way to do it. I really prioritizing my own polarity. So like my masculine essence, 
I think is very important. And that's going to be a big part of integration for me. Is what do you mean by that? Can you be more? So there's masculine and we can do a whole podcast on masculine and feminine dynamics, but polarity is the art of like, so magnets, right? So you have like, Mm -hmm. if you have two masculine poles, it kind of repels. And then if you have a masculine and a feminine pole, it's attracts. Gina is my most powerful mirror that I have in the world. The feminine is the most powerful mirror I have in the world. And so the more in alignment I am with my true divine expression as a male, as a man, the more embodied I am. And in that, I think I will naturally sort of ground into these, these lessons that are more in my body than in my mind. Okay. So the frequency of liberation and the feeling of liberation is in my body. It's not in my head. So anything I can do to get out of my head and into my body, anything I can do to relax my nervous system and calm down the stories, like that's my work. And so the integration really is like coming back into my body, connecting to those frequencies and those feelings that I, that I anchored into at Burning Man, looking for reference points. Living the 10 principles as much as I can, radical self-reliance, radical self-expression, creating and sharing more of myself online with my communities, putting out more of my work into the world before it's ready to be experienced or ready is a, it's a funny word because it's Mm -hmm. always perfect. Right. But, um, I, I think there's a level of, uh, Embodiment. It's like living into that creator spirit and prioritizing my own nervous system health and prioritizing my own connection to those deep feeling states and community. Connecting with all the people I've met at Burning Man, reliving the experience, listening to the music, like bringing back, creating more. Like it's like, I, I still remember this. Like I had my first plant medicine journey back in 2019. And when I came back from that experience, I was changed. I was a completely different human being. Like it was like not different, but like I was opened up to a whole new po- world of possibility that I never knew was even possible. It took me years of going to my journey, coming home, making micro changes until I felt like, like I just had one life. I didn't have, like I, it was like everything was integrated and I think that takes time. Yeah. Yeah. I so agree. For me, it is about just continuing to integrate the lessons and it's a moment to moment check-in and experience. So I wonder, I think it'd be fun to do a bit of a quick fire round to kind of finish up. So I'd love to know, so what was the craziest thing you saw there? I mean, this is a, I try, I try to keep this to be a PG 13 rated show, <laughs> but you know, <laughs> there's a lot of everything there. Literally, like there's no judgment. There's people walking around naked. There's people wearing costumes. There's there's everything. There's, you know, and that was actually really liberating for me too, to see like the body and sexuality actually like mm-hmm. so expressed because I think we in society have such a conditioning around sex and our bodies and to like feel the, just the beauty of the body 
and to be reminded that like we are bodies and like our bodies are temples and like sexuality is an aspect of our temples that get to be fully owned in our own power for whatever that means for us was actually super liberating for me because I think that's where most people carry a lot of shame and taboo and conditioning and um, it was really healing for me in a lot of ways to see a lot of different examples of expressed sexuality the craziness, the the boldness of the request. People were asking for things that were just ridiculous. People were, oh God, I just I don't want to. Okay. It's, it's hard for me to share. I mean, I guess the magnitude of the art installations were is one ridiculousness. Like I remember we were in one dome in a camp that was run by neuroscientists and engineers, and they built this technology inside of this dome where it's like the the lights are moving to the music, but when they give you this little remote, you can go inside and then you control the way the lights move inside the dome. And while that was happening, like I looked over to my left and my business partner's art car, which is a giant peanut butter and jelly sandwich like, like he's got a giant art car that resembles a peanut butter and jelly sandwich with jelly wings that are like memory foam wings. He built that, by the way. That was awesome. Brilliant, dude. And uh, <laughs> and he's <laughs> passing out gluten-free peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Epic. And like that was all happening in like a one mile radius. And the art in the expression inside of that camp, like there was like this giant shark that was hanging from the top. Like there were people fully clothed, people naked. Like there was a dust storm kind of happening around us. It was just a nutty, it was just nutty. But I think the craziest, well, and I I could, as I'm talking, there's so many, 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 many crazy stories that could probably come. But I think one of the crazier ones was being stuck in a 70 mile per hour dust storm where like I couldn't see two feet ahead of me. Oh my gosh. And like, I mean, it was like, that was pretty intense. And like, you're riding, people are riding bikes around. Like, I mean, it's a dangerous scenario, but like, it was really intense. Um, So I think that was the craziest, probably not actually, probably not the craziest. There was crazier, but all I can share is, it's hard to explain Burning Man I can only explain the, instead of actually sharing like the tangibles, like this is why I keep coming back to the feeling because the feeling we can all connect to. But if I explain the ridiculousness, your mind will be like, what the fuck is Raj talking about? Like, it just doesn't make sense. Like, what are you talking about? Peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Like, what does that even mean? Like, it's the ridiculousness that your mind can't comprehend. But that takes you out of it, doesn't it? That takes you out of the norm. And that's that's the thing. Like when you go to it and you're like, oh yeah, someone just built a peanut butter and jelly art car and is driving around, passing around gluten-free peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Of course he is. Like, like that level of creativity and absurdity is normalized. Yeah. That's the new anchor point now for me. Yeah. Right. But that's something you can't get unless you're there. But what I can share in the experience is the craziness, the feeling. Because the feeling itself is wild and expansive. What was something that like really touched your heart? So Gina and I, we sat in this like kind of embodied 
sexuality workshop where there was like a group of men and women and we were all doing rituals to like heal our relationship to sexuality, our relationship to the opposite sex. Like there was a lot of people there who had a lot of different types of trauma and pain and suffering. And, and um, there's one exercise, a lady named Layla Martin. She's just an incredible teacher. Um, and she led us through this practice of the masculine and the feminine apologizing to one another for the collective pain that we had created towards each other. And you know, it was one thing for me to really apologize to like, not just on behalf of men, but even myself, like, you know, I've been in relationships where, you know, I haven't been perfect I've said hurtful things. I've been hurtful and apologizing. And I, I remember locking eyes with this woman who I could just tell had been through a lot. Like you could just feel that she had been through a lot of really abusive experiences with men. And I just remembered locking eyes with her and apologizing. And like you could just feel her body like like her nervous system release, like energy being released. And I thought that's where the meditation was ending. And then after that, Layla led like right after that, she led to then like leading the women to apologize to the men. And I wasn't expecting that. And when that happened, like I just broke down into tears for some reason, like I just started crying uncontrollably. And it was just a really powerful, moving experience to, and, and I locked eyes with that girl, the one who I had felt have so much pain. And for her to look at me and say, I'm sorry, was so humbling and so moving. It was truly one of the most impactful experiences that I had. Um, mm -hmm. And it was so healing to be in that container, that safe space in that container for all of us to have, to feel safe enough to actually go there. Because that's the thing, like, when in real life do you have an opportunity to actually go there in a group setting? Like, you just don't. Mm -hmm. And so that was really beautiful to know that that's possible, like in a container of safety, like when people feel okay and safe to let their egos down, the type of healing that's possible when we surrender to love and forgive and say, I'm sorry, even if we don't need to, or even that idea, like most people don't want to say sorry because the ego is stopping them from doing so. Right? Like, and when you feel safe to just say sorry, there's massive amounts of healing on the other side of that. And that's what I experienced. And it was just really, it kind of scrambled my brain a little bit, actually. Um, but yeah, that was one of the most powerful, beautiful, cathartic experiences. And getting to experience that with my Gina was just so beautiful. Like we just... We got so many experiences like those where we just really got to do some deep healing work together um, and played a lot together as a result of that. It was just really cool. Peaceful.
Um, okay, the last of the quick fire. I'd love to know, what do you imagine? Is there something you think, I want to tell that to my grandchildren? That passing the, the stories down, what would that be? Well, what's crazy is like a lot of people brought their kids. Wow. Burning Man is a very kid-friendly place. There's camps that are specifically created for kids to experience this radical self-expression. And I think the seed that I would plant for my children, my future children, is that everything is possible. You just have to choose. You can't have, you can have it all and you can't have it all because there's too much to have. Mm. And more than the stories, I would be passing down the principles and the lessons. Because I think the principle, my stories are mine. But for my children, I would want them to embody the principles and the frequency and create their own stories. And I love that, it. That story, then, the, and the frequency of infinite possibility, and that reminder that you are infinite. You want to go build a peanut butter and jelly art car? Go ahead. It's there. Ask for help. Go do it. Like you want to create an immersive art experience for people to heal their childhood traumas? Go ahead. Do it. Like you want to give a talk on whatever you want to give a talk. Go. You want to create an art piece. Go. You want to build a, it doesn't matter. Like this is your world. Like you can do whatever you choose to do. I, and, and I think that's the reminder that I just want to keep. Like if you're not doing something, it's because you're getting in your own way. It's you getting in your own way. It's not the world telling you you can't do something. And that's the message I would want to pass on to my kids. Great answer. Okay, so our last question is the question we always ask on this podcast. And Raj, in the month of August and Burning Man, how did you stay grounded? Coming back to myself, my energy, really feeling and really getting intimate with my energy, not the energy of others. And when I say energy, it's the feeling that I have in my body when I know I'm home. It's not a grasping. It's not a, um, it's not flimsy. It's firm. It's solid. It's, it's unwavering. It doesn't move with the wind. It's, it's formless and full of form at the same time. It's just mine. It's, it's fully in me. And when I connect to that, I am so grounded, so trusting, so loving, so connected to what's true. And I feel so supported by forces unseen, so supported by the universe, so in love with myself. And that is how I aspire to stay grounded by connecting to that space, that home, that that anchor, that is how I stayed stayed grounded and I hope to continue staying grounded. Great answer. And I love how that exploration of staying grounded just evolves with every month and all the experiences. It's such a beautiful question to end on because it's just ties everything together in such a beautiful way. And I want to thank you for this beautiful conversation. Um, I hope it's giving people an insight into experience of Burning Man and how that can shift you even if you haven't been present there. Like I feel 
I feel I've had a taste of it. It shifted something in me and I wasn't even there physically, but I've had a taste of it through your stories and your lessons. I just want to thank you for that. You're so welcome. And um, if anyone listening has any questions or thoughts or anything that's come up as a result of this conversation, please reach out. You know, this is where I think community comes really in handy. You know, community is, is um, I don't think I'd be able to do this without others. The journey to liberation, the path to liberation can be very difficult, very lonely, very challenging, especially as we are learning to decondition from a world that wants us to be conditioned. And when we are wired to belong, it is very scary to actually follow your soul's greatest expression. But I'm here to tell you that you are supported, you are loved. There are thousands of people just like you tuning in who are seeking this. So don't forget, don't forget how connected you are even when you don't feel connected. And um, just want to really encourage the journey because it does, oh man. There's just so much. I, I, I've been on this journey four years and I feel like I'm just getting started. Like this is, it's, it's unbelievable. What can happen when we truly actually listen to our hearts and follow the voice that's present? Mm. Georgina, thank you again for holding the space for such a lovely conversation. And everybody, that is a wrap for this week's episode of Stay Grounded. I'm your host, Raj. This is your old friend, Georgina. And from us, Stay Grounded. We'll chat soon. Thanks for joining us today on this episode of Stay Grounded. I hope you found this interview helpful as you create your own ways to live an extraordinary life. For more resources and support, please visit www.rajjana.com forward slash stay grounded to join the official Stay Grounded Facebook group, a place where aspiring life enthusiasts can connect and ignite passion for life together. My hope is that the positivity, content, resources, and support in this group will resonate with you on a deeper level. That what you hear in our podcast, read in our thoughtful posts, or learn in our courses will empower you to live with intention, uncover true purpose, and challenge the internal dialogues that stop you from being who you really want to be in your life. Again, thanks so much for joining us. Stay grounded.